Justified Season 6, Episode 11 is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps, talking about the 11th episode of the final season of Justified. I'm Josh Wiggler, and I am joined here by a man that, actually, I never knew that he enjoyed classical music. It's Antonio Mazzaro. Hello, Antonio. This is, I'm learning something new about you every day. I love classical, and I don't like being called Antonio. <laughs> what, what should I have been calling you this whole time? Mikey. Tony? You gotta call me Mikey. I gotta call you Mikey. <laughs> no. Call me no. Mikey. Antonio is good. If you called me Mikey, I would not be happy. Uh, yeah. I thought that you didn't like being called Mikey because that one guy in upstate New York was calling you Mikey. And My he- God. Why must you always look? You are. I just I don't understand why. <sighs> oh, I can't wait for the leftovers to start again. <laughs> why? I just because I know some people that uh, can talk to you or not talk to you, shall I say? Yeah, not talk to me. Be yes. really quiet and just smoke cigarettes in my face. Just menace the shit out of yeah, you. Just yeah, make me feel really guilty. Yes, remnant. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, it was a good joke. I like uh, that. All right. Well, we're not talking about the leftovers right now. Although, by the way, uh, the news has slipped that you and I are not going to be podcasting about the strain anymore. No, it, and if it, you it, hadn't it, heard that news, you just did. Oh man, you just ripped the band aid right off for some people. Yeah. Yeah, we're not. We don't. Uh, what, what, why aren't we doing that, Josh? Uh, I'll just be blunt. I'm not a big fan of the show. Uh, the the uh, As you could tell from uh, if you guys were listening to the Strain podcast with Antonio and I, the final few episodes of the show really lost me and I just don't have the drive to go back to it. Yeah. And as I'm, simple as that. I'm pretty much in the same vein. I'll probably still watch the strain. We are going to podcast about the premiere, right? Uh, yeah, I think I think we'll give the premiere a shot, if only to do uh, you know one final take on the strain and wish it well as it embarks on season two and hopefully has a better season two than the second half of its first season. We'll drive a stake right through that strain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's breaking news here. If you hadn't heard that, that was announced. Not really announced. Rob kind of just uh, made me drop it during uh, the Walking Dead finale podcast. He forced my hand, Antonio. Oh no, yeah, I did not know that's where that slipped. He, he said that I had uh, I had uh, I was I was promising that I would be doing the strain season two. And I had to say, no, that's not true. Oh, what is he None doing? Of it's he's true. Rob Sesternino. He's true. a tricky one. He is a tricky one. But we are talking about Justified at the very yes. least. And yeah, Justified, well, we're going to anyway. Yeah, we, we haven't we, started doing that yet. Well, I mean, it's just vintage us. This is so you and me. And so <laughs> yeah, we're right even, in the groove right yeah, here. It, take, it takes us a little while before we get started here. But let's get started. Let's talk about the 11th episode of the final season of Justified. Fugitive number one, all about the hunt for Ava Crowder. Well, I guess not all about that. There's some other big stuff that's going on here here um nobody died in this episode though it was fairly tame in in um in that regard yeah nobody died except groobs groobs mcgrooba yes <laughs> we're gonna have to get through this thing no there was this are you kidding me josh let me plant a flag here 30 seconds 30 seconds mcgroobers <laughs> i only i only watched this episode the once right uh, yeah. only the one time yeah i think this might be the best episode of justified ever Whoa, are you serious? I'm dead serious. Are you, are you dead like groups? I'm dead like lots of people dead. Best, like lots of people dead. Best episode of Justified ever. So let's let me let me hear you this. Before this episode and before we get into that discussion, what would you have said was the best episode of Justified ever? Does one jump right out at you? Decoy. Decoy, you say, is the best episode, and that's sort of a self-contained one where it's like, a, you know, the story is very action-paced and, and set within the context of the episode. And there's a lot of payoff on some of the things, but it's really just a sort of self-contained episode, right? It's a fantastic self-contained episode. 
but it, how good? Who, what is the best thing about that other than the tension? And all, all, of, all of the marshals are put to work. Boyd has something to do. Raylan has something to do. Uh, the big fight against Yolo. Lots of great Drew Thompson action. Uh, the big standoff between uh, Tim and oh geez, what was that guy's name? Colt. 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 Uh, lots of really good stuff in. Yeah, in I, but I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is like I. This is a show about Raylan. And I didn't think that I, I mean, I feel like Raylan in this episode that we just watched popped off the screen more than he ever has for me. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I come into this and I say, I see Raylan, like it, it, Tim remarks on it at one point in the episode when he says, Oh, you're just so giddy. Like Raylan really is happy that Boyd has escaped. Yeah. And, and Raylan is really being classic Raylan with Earl and Raylan is, just uh, he goes into the scene with with uh, with Boyd in the in the actual hospital itself. And I, I just I loved Raylan in this episode. And this has been Raylan's show. And I'm just not sure I've seen a better Raylan episode. And I guess just the way that uh, that the scene in the Winnebago was staged specifically, it really hit home for me. Like, I just thought that was so well done in that moment. And you put all those things together along with the building and rising tension and what we got between Raylan and Art at the end of the episode and all the things that are in play. I mean, I just, this is a top, this is justified prime for me. It's like a, this is as good as it gets. It's a very I, good episode. I thought this was an awesome episode of justified. I think every episode this season for the most part, and I don't even think that it's for the most part. I think every episode this season has been awesome. Um, I still think I, I would still say decoy. I would also say um, fate's right hand, the premiere of this season. I, I would upvote over this one just because the the final ride of Dewey Crow was so good and especially in retrospect knowing where uh what what happened to him I think it it plays really well as a final tribute to that character but look if you're going to say this is the best episode of Justified I'm not going to get in your way I'm not I'm not going to argue this is and I've I've only seen it the once so I I would want to watch it again the once I said the once capital T capital O but Um, it was really great it was I just I just loved I just loved everything about the way this one was staged written I think the the way it was paced was fantastic. There were a lot of just little three and four second or five second scenes like uh, Ava and Zachariah pulling something up a hill or seeing Boyd on the street or just little moments that were driving the pace of the episode. I thought that that was really, really well done, that it was the tension was building and mounting throughout the episode because of how it was staged. The only real kind of well, we'll get into it, but there's only really one scene that I felt, even though it was good, it just didn't really drive things forward that far. Uh, So we'll talk about that when we get into it. It was just another scene like other scenes we've seen in the last few episodes. So um, I'm getting a little what I'm saying is I'm getting a little over Boone. Ooh, uh, okay. And I'm, I'm ready to see Boone kind of uh, come to his comeuppance, however he'll get it. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that we'll see it uh, the way one of our commenters and we'll get to that uh, remark that it might happen. OK, is the scene when he was in the car with Loretta? Yes, I know you so well, Antonio. You oh, do. Sorry, Mikey, Mikey. <laughs> no, you're allowed to call me Antonio okay. on this podcast. Yeah, I, I, just like I not said, when I we see each other in public. Called you Mikey, and he's in the ground. No, and no, no. I'm just I made a noise on my microphone, covering it up. Okay. I don't know what good that'll do, but uh, it's going to happen. I'm taking that like symbolically as you like putting your hand over my mouth. Yeah, that's exactly what it is because you are my microphone in yeah. this scenario. Yeah, but you know, you can keep shooting me in the chest with your nose, your nose, and your stops, but I'm just going to keep choking the life out of this information. Upstate New York no, is going Josh, no. <laughs> it's going to see the light of day. Why are you yelling it One now? One of these days. Because I have no. a code. 
Mikey. Oh my gosh. Oh, you like you like classical music. I do love I like Final Fantasy music. I like Nubu Ametsu. Oh, mm. is that a is that a person? Yeah, he's a person. He's great. He composed all of the music to the great Final Fantasy games. Oh, I'm familiar with those games. I, I just say the great was... Final Fantasy games because I'm not talking about the shit ones. Oh, like is Tactics the best one? Tactics is a great game. I don't know if he did the music for Tactics. Anyway, neither here nor there. Any of you guys who want to talk to me about Final Fantasy music, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to do You're it. You're so easy to take off. I'm their so sorry. Okay, let's talk about Fugitive Number One, where actually, in fact, a lot of people died, and it was a really awesome episode. It was Antonio's favorite episode of any TV show in the history of forever. Yes, except for West Wing. Uh, I like those episodes better. Do you really do you like West Wing better than Justified? I think so. Yeah. Oh man, I should really watch that someday. I, it's hard because Justified is so good at what Justified does, and Justified doesn't try to do things that Justified shouldn't try to do. Uh, and as a result, Justified is like so – it's not Mad Men, right? Like it's not a show about the human condition per se, uh, or but it is. I mean it teases at those things, and because it does them subtly, uh, it does them very well. Uh, and I think that this uh, this episode tonight is a perfect example of that. Uh, we, we've got kind of the, the stuff with Art walking right back in at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, let's start right there yeah his playoff beard's gone the suit's back he's back in the office and rachel's just kind of ready to fall on the sword and i mean this is look we've gotten a little bit about rachel's sort of backstory we know about her family we know about her sister and what happened there Uh, and we know about her ambition and why she's really good at her job and all those things so i think it totally fits that she would be ready to accept that she was responsible for this mistake but really Everybody has enabled Raylan throughout the series. Rachel is certainly not unique in this respect. So for her to fall on the sword for Raylan's actions is, I think, a little misplaced. Yeah. What did you think about Art getting uh, the job back? Uh, Art is, once again, he's in charge of the Marshals. Are you happy with this development, or did you like him better with his playoff beard? Well, I mean, I liked him better as sort of like the Lester Freeman from The Wire, kind of like outside, quietly investigating, uh, not really making too much noise, but doing good police work, kind of uh, Marshall. But uh, he's got to come back into the story for for this great. I love what Justified is doing, right? We have assumed all along this final season is going to be Raylan versus Boyd. It's going to be Raylan versus Boyd. Uh, And then they've sort of made it to. Boyd versus Ava, Raylan versus Ava. Uh, which of the two are going to get each other first? Does Raylan still want to get Boyd? Uh, and we've got now this great, you know, uh, extra piece in the mix, which is that Art and and Raylan have some unfinished business. Yeah, uh, and Art may get Raylan, and and how? What's that going to look like? And Art's threat to him at the end of this episode. And I don't think you can have that if you put Art on the sideline. So I am happy he's back. Although I do miss the beard. I do miss the beard, and I'm, I miss Rachel as the top dog. I thought that was a good look for her. You know, it's been hard for the show to figure out what to do with Rachel and I think that this was finally something where Rachel had a really clear role and I was enjoying her in it and I hope that that's not a career ending blunder what happened with Ava I hope that she can bounce back from it because I think she deserves the chair yeah, I agree. And and I I mean, I hope that that at the end of the series, if we're going to get the sort of epilogue uh, or where the characters end up, I would like to see um, that I would like to see her end up with that chair. And I think that she's earned it. And I I think if we get a good resolution to the things that are really uh, be in the Marshall's bonnets here, uh, that she will be able to get back in there. Yeah. Um, turns out, of course, Boyd is still alive. Uh, we, we knew this. Boyd, we knew this. Boyd, Boyd is fine. Even if we hadn't seen the previews, I think we would have been fine. Uh, that's yeah. just not how they're going to take out Boyd. You know? No, he's going to die on screen. I mean, maybe he would have died at the beginning of this episode, but he's not just going to die like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's certainly possible that Ava could kill Boyd, but it's not going to happen like that suddenly. There's going to be more buildup to it. 
Right. Um, but he's alive. He's not doing great. You know, he's been shot uh, and he's under arrest. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, about as bad as it gets, but it doesn't take him very long to remedy a lot of that. Oh, my God. Crazy, crazy Boyd. Uh, but yeah, before any of that happens, Raylan's going to come in. We find out that, uh, you know, the doctor's like, who are you? And Raylan's like, I'm the guy who called this in. Like, I'm the, I'm the guy who brought him in. I'm not going to hurt him. Uh, and Boyd's like, well... That's not exactly true. You kind of just chained me up to a tailpipe and, uh, you know, you handcuffed me to a bumper and left without so much as a fare thee well. And Raylan's like, I called it in. That counts. <laughs> yeah, typical Raylan. I mean, he, he, yeah, he just left me. He's like, oh, I'm sure you heard the sirens. Like, I'm sure it was fine. Uh-huh. Uh, I love Boyd in this scene. Boyd saying, hey, Raylan, we should take one last ride, solve our problem together. And then Raylan saying, well, is, is, is our problem Ava or the money? You know, uh-huh. and I, I mean, I just love this this give and take. There's a there's a great shadow on Raylan in this scene, which is weird because they're in a hospital room. So maybe there's a window on the outside. But uh, if you if you you know, if you're watching, if you're rewatching, just look at the shadow of Raylan that's playing throughout this scene. And it's really kind of haunting him. And I think it's a really, really well staged scene. Um, I, I do like that Boyd and I don't know why um, Boyd gave gave Ava up. Was it sort of out of submission? Uh, is it because Boyd Crowder is at its at his core a good guy or is it because he's at his core uh, angry at Ava? He gives her up. He says she's probably with Zachariah. Yeah, I can't tell. Um, uh, I don't I don't know if it's because he's trying to help her from not getting torn to pieces by Avery Markham or if he has some sort of ulterior motives. But I mean, you really don't have to look much further than the conversation between um, between Raylan and Boyd, uh, which is I, I thought was, uh, you know, one of the one of the great justified conversations, one of the great conversations between these two and definite endgame stuff, which I thought was awesome, which was, um, you know, Raylan saying, where's she going? Boyd says, wheel me out of here and I'll take you straight to her. And, you know, Raylan laughs in his face and Boyd says, it doesn't have to be funny. Me and you, one more ride together, see if we can't find a reasonable solution to our problem. Uh, and Raylan very astutely says, what's our problem? Is it the money or is it Ava? And Boyd says, aren't they the same problem? And Raylan says, are they to you? Uh, and that's a really interesting thing right now that really kind of calls into question, um, you know, which which side are you on here, Boyd? And what's been more important to you all along? To the extent that like, Boyd answers that by saying, like, I'm getting out of here one way or the other. And when I do, I'm going to get that money. Uh, says nothing about Ava. And even Raylan is just like, geez, like, wow. Yeah. You know, like even Raylan almost can't believe that this is how much Boyd gives a shit about Ava and how little he understands his involvement and his culpability in Ava's situation. Yeah. I mean, this, I'm, I'm telling you this scene, I, I, as far as it goes between Boyd and Raylan uh, and the scenes that we've had between them, this is just like, oh, okay, if you're going to have great scenes between Boyd and Raylan before the series ends, like this is a, a high water mark. Uh, they're going to obviously have more than one more, uh, but this is one I'm definitely going to look back on and say, wow, like this is so representative of both the characters, uh, but really kind of telling for the situations they find themselves in. Uh, and I think that it's very kind of meta in some ways with Boyd saying one last ride together. Yeah. I think that's the ending a lot of people have maybe been hoping for uh, is that Raylan and Boyd will work together for some common cause, that they'll save each other, that they will ultimately won't be at each other's throats. Um, so I thought it was really interesting to reference that in a meta kind of way, almost like that was an idea that was thrown out in the writer's room. 
but the reality of these characters indicated that the story is just not going to go there, uh, at least not in this way. Maybe it'll end up there from another re- for another reason, but not, not not right now and not not in this way. No, not not in this way. Yeah, and, and like he says, um, like Raywin's like, you know, how how long does she have? Does she have you know long enough to execute her great escape before Markham you know comes and gets her? Um, you know what what do they do if they get to her first? And Boyd just straight up says maybe she has whatever that is coming. Yeah, uh, it's like jeez, Boyd. Yeah, uh, but he might be right. I mean, like it. She just got shot. He did just get shot, but he's by a, her. But he's a prick. He deserves it. Yeah, I guess. Kind <laughs> but you know, of. you I never, mean, you never think of yourself as the bad guy. I mean, look at you. You think you're a knight in shining armor, and I know the truth because I've been up. Because you know, you know, you know that I'm not a knight in shining armor. I'm a knight in sweaty bedsheets. Boom. I feel terrible. <laughs> I, I feel sick. I'm, I'm not well. I shouldn't have revealed that the secret of upstate New York. Oh, no, 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 Look, I'll just say um, I, I really love that when Boyd Boyd has kind of unfurled his real sadness and anger at Ava and and he's really just kind of let it go like that. He thinks that she might deserve what she's got coming to her and he gives her up ultimately gives he gives Raylan what he has. Uh, maybe he doesn't have, he doesn't give her groups, uh, but he does doesn't give him groups, but he gives her Zach. He gives him Zachariah. And then Raylan's response is, we'll see you at the arraignment. <laughs> what a jerk. When you say uh, give him groobs, it doesn't sound like he's giving up somebody. It sounds like he's giving him a disease. Yeah, I'll give him a give him a whole case of the groobs. Yeah. Oh my god, he gave me groobs. He gave me groobs. Ah, I got the groobs. That's no good. You don't want the groobs. Groobs is groobs. Uh, in Harlan. It's a uh, it's a very common thing yeah. though. I mean, it's like uh, I think something like forty percent of people have the groobs. Have groobs. So that means that they're just like lying down at the bottom of their house, just mummified. Yes, sticking, sticking up the place for Lord knows how long. No eyeballs no looking eyeballs. like the crypt keeper. Yeah, looking terrible. Yeah, they got uh, grouped out. All right. Yeah. Well, on on the topic of groups, we have two people who are in pursuit of groups. That is Ava Crowder, uh, Nay Randolph, and Zachariah Randolph, and they yeah. are on the hunt. So Zachariah is alive. That's that's good. How did she find him? I don't know. They probably they probably had their like secret Randolph bird noise that they called it. Kakaa. <laughs> that's funny that you would say that Randolph. because. Look up here. Look up here. I would say that uh, I I made a note through this episode and I've noticed it before, but a new justified drinking game. uh, If you're if you're have a glass of bourbon with you while you're watching the justified. Anytime you hear a bird noise, uh, anytime they're outside, like a screech, like a like that. Take a drink because you're going to have five or six drinks per episode. At least that sounds delightful. Yeah. Justified drinking game. Bird noise. Drink. Did you do that before this podcast? No. You sure? No, all I had was a little groobs. Okay, a little bit of groobs. Just a just shot a, of groobs. Just a little shot of groobs and some presidential kush. I did have some presidential kush. Don't say that. <laughs> well, it smells so nice. Don't, I can't. I can't not have it. Don't say that. Uh, yeah. So there. So Ava and Zachariah are together. It turns out that they do have the ten million bucks. 
Yeah, well, I guess, right? We still don't know. Has anyone actually? I feel, I, like guess by, they do. I feel like by now we would know. I mean, we have a scene with Catherine and Avery where they talk about like going to get the 10 million. And unless he's keeping that from her, that it isn't the actual 10 million, then, you know, he seems to suggest, yeah, that is the 10 million. Um, and the fact that Avery, um, not Avery, sorry, Ava is not freaking out about the fact that they've been shortchanged suggests to me that she has the full loot. Uh, mm-hmm. you could, you could counter that with, well, has she even had time to sit down and catch her breath, let alone count her money? That's right. fair enough, but I feel like the show would have done something in the direction of there not being the proper amount of money. I don't think that that's something you could put on ice for a full episode after that if it was actually in play. I feel like some little piece of that would have to fall off, and I don't think we got any indication that's the case. I yeah. think we are to believe that Ava Crowder is in possession of the 10 million bucks. I think that's probably right. And the, the, the two sticking points on that front uh, are one. I, the I just key points the stick the stickiest of the icky, yeah. I should say uh, the, the, the one. The first part of that uh, is that is that I would I'm just surprised that Markham uh, just brought 10 million dollars and, and just handed it over like that uh, in that scenario. Uh, he must have really loved Catherine Hale. Uh, and I guess that does come out in this episode uh, that he really I mean, although maybe it doesn't. So I want to kind of put a pin in this discussion of, of, of the money until we get to that scene between Markham and Hale uh, in the in the hotel room. Uh, but I, I it just surprises me that he handed over that money like he did. Uh, and that's the only that's the only real reason I'm 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 sort of thinking that it could be in play right. is because I just it doesn't track that he would just do that. But uh, but OK, I, let me ask you a question, Josh. Have you been through the mines? Uh, the mines of Mordor. You've been through the mines of Mordor, but not but not through the actual. Wait, aren't mines, they the mines of Mor- Moria? What is it? It's not uh, Mordor, is it? Mines I, of Moria. Mines of Moria. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the dwarves fight and the goblins and the things and the Balrog. I didn't uh, I didn't strike Tim for a big Tolkien guy, did you? Uh, it, it didn't really, you know, strike me as a huge Tolkien guy, but, uh, you know, I'm not so shocked. He, I'm not he, shocked. He, he seems like a reader. He's a little sarcastic. He's probably got a little. Yeah, he's, he's I, I could see it. I could see him as a, a song of ice and fire, man. No, no doubt about it. No, no doubt, doubt about it. Who do you think his, who do you think his favorite character is? Uh, Tyrion, obviously. I was going to say Tyrion. Tyrion or the Hound. Maybe or, the Hound. Or Braun. Yeah, Sir Braun. Yeah, well, in the, um, in the TV show. Show Showbron. Yeah, right. Showbron. Showbron. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Not even. So, so the, this is, I mean, they're, they're, Ava and Zachariah, they go through the mines. They've got this thing. They're up at this empty supply station. Zachariah has radio. Everything's going to go great for these guys, right? Everything's fine. Everything is awesome. They're going to go see Groobs. They're going to go see McGruber. Yes. Yeah, they're going to go see Groobs. 30 and, seconds, McGruber. Yeah, they, well, they, they basically have that much time because the marshals are right on their butts. Yeah. Uh, because Boyd has given up that Ava is probably hanging with Zachariah, and they've, they've pieced together that this is probably where Zachariah is. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, anything else here? Should we go to the hotel? I just still, I mean, look, it's not, it's not ultimately that important, but I, I'm a little miffed that we don't know exactly how Ava located Zachariah or, um, or where, where he was found. I, I complimented earlier the pacing of this episode. I don't think it paces out as well if we start their story with her kind of tracking him down or finding him and that all going. Uh, I like it better that she's on the run and they're just together and then we're, we're just going to go from there. Uh, but I, I would love to know how that wily old fox uh, hit himself 
herself in those mines and got out and found a way to hook up with Ava afterwards. It almost seems pre-planned because we didn't see uh, them and how they found each other. I know that's not the case, but I mean, that's how it seems because she was on the run and it was at night. Uh, and then all of a sudden she's just with Zachariah who was gone. He was absent. Uh, maybe he had a Frady hole somewhere that she knew about. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he has said in the past, like he's at, he's most at home in the mines. So if he, you know, if he had spent all that time planning this death trap to kill Boyd, you got to believe that he planned some sort of exit strategy. Uh, so I'm not shocked that he is still kicking. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that part. But and, then how, and, and, how he gets with Ava after that. I don't know. I mean, they must, you know, they're family. And, you know, we're just meeting Zachariah in this season. We don't have anything from him from an earlier season or anything like that. But. That being said, they're family. They've got tons of history. They must have some way of, you know, getting back together. He probably reached out in some capacity or she did. Um, so I'm, I'm not that worried. About, I'm not hung up with it. It's not like a, a killer detail for me. Yeah, the problem is like the marshals would have been on her phone. And so any kind of contacts or anything that she made, they probably would have had a way to track that or trace that. It's just it's just a little questionable is all. But I mean, I, I don't need to see the scene of her going to his house. It's just frustrating on some level for me personally. I don't know. Your mileage may vary. Yeah, my, I'm OK with it. I'm fine. I have a code, though. So I, I mean, know if it's do. not following my code, uh, it's a little frustrating. All right. Well, let's talk about the man with the code. Uh, Mikey and Catherine finally connect. Uh, he is going to offer up uh, Win Duffy. She now knows that he was the Grady Hale mole. Um, and she is going to go and kill Win Duffy. But first, she has to have a rendezvous with Avery Markham. And we don't know it at the time, but this is the final Avery Markham and Catherine Hale scene. Yeah. And and he's uh, let's talk about this scene. So last episode, when Boyd kind of stuck the knife in or spiked the football as he was kind of driving away, he was like, by the way, she was the one who set you up the whole time or whatever. I just when thought it, you should know. Yeah. When he was when he was really happy to kind of dime her out. She said something. I mean, I can't remember what Catherine Hale said, but it was something along the lines of like, are you going to kill me? And his response was he just kind of looked. Uh, he just kind of looked at her and he had this weird look on his face and he kind of turned his head to the side. And I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember what we thought of that look or how we interpreted that look when he made it last episode. Do you remember with Avery? Yeah, with Avery when yeah, when, we, we when thought, Boyd's gone, we thought that he was that that it could be that um, that he knew that the money uh, was not the full ten k. That's kind of what we thought at the time. Ten k, yeah, or ten mil. Sorry. Yeah, man. 10K, maybe he, it was ten k in the bag. Is what we. Were Josh, Josh, can I borrow a thousand dollars from you? Because I would really like a hundred thousand. Shut 000. up, Antonio. My math is good on that. Shut but, up, Mikey. Uh, but anyway, don't call me Mikey. Don't call so, me Mikey. so yeah, I mean, we interpreted it that, that he might've had an ace up his sleeve or that it was something beyond just like, I am going to kill you yeah. or no, I'm not going to kill you that there was something going on there. So then we get to this scene, which is the first scene we've seen of the two of them since. And she was basically like, well, sorry, I've had the marshals kind of given me questions and answers all night. Sorry, I'm just coming here. And he's just kind of menacing yeah. in this scene. He's waiting for her in her bedroom. Uh, he says, I'm used to smelling a rotten bud before it blooms or whatever he says, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then he said, uh, but you your shit like, has always been presidential kush. You smelled like presidential kush. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it's weird because she's kind of trying to woo him in this scene because I think she's a little worried that he's going to kill her. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Like, that's the way it's presented. Then he goes to the point of menacing her by putting his hands around her neck. 
Uh, but then he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to kill them both as a wedding present for you. I'm going to bring Boyd or I'm going to bring Duffy's head uh, back for you. Uh, and then she says, what? I love you. And he doesn't even really turn back to look at her. And he's like, love you, too. Love you, too. I did not leave this scene thinking that he loved her and that he was just going to let her get away with this. Did you? Um, I kind of did. I kind of oh. did. I kind of think that, you know, he... um. It seems like she's been like a big kryptonite of his, even to the point that like he knows what she did. But like they've had these talks, they've had conversations about about Grady. Now that he knows that she thought it was him, I feel like he's like, ah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I, I mean, I understand it wasn't me. And now we know who it is. So let's go kill that guy and let's get married. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it just didn't I guess it didn't didn't play that way to me because he didn't turn back to look at her when she said, I love you. Now, maybe he's just a badass cowboy who's never going to give you the full on, you know, stare in the face when that happens. And I I would understand that um, if that's the case. And maybe that uh, maybe that's where we're at with that. But um but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that that was exactly what was conveyed in that scene. And so I just don't know what's up with with Avery Markham. And I think that's ultimately why I'm still not convinced that he gave all the money away. Uh, but I guess we just have a slightly different read on this. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, like I said, I just I feel like we sh- we had to have had a little bit more of a hint in it in this episode about him, him, him uh, not surrendering the the full sum. Like, I feel like. Uh, at this point now it would feel late. Like that twist would be late. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do agree with that. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I buy that he has a, has a very big thing for Catherine Hale. And if he really is in love with her, you know, you do stupid things for the people you love. Uh, and you know, for him, like you, you know, you can forgive a lot when you're really head over heels with someone and you can justify, see, justify, you can, justi- I see did. you can justify a lot. And I think that for a guy like Avery Markham, who has, you know, uh, been obsessed with her for a long time and has like come back to Kentucky specifically for her, you know, for business too, but really in a big way for her. Um, I, I buy this from, from him, you know, just, uh, knowing how these, how these matters of the heart can go sometimes. Uh, and I think that, you know, they've been an interesting mirror for Boyd and Ava in a lot of ways i mean we talked about um you know uh back back in that uh episode where Catherine and ava kind of had like their you know their thelma and louise little stint at the at the jewelry store and you know kind of like seeing how there were some comparisons between her and ava back then and i feel like um you know looking at them through the lens of boyd and ava i think is kind of instructive and it might tell us that maybe one of these days before this show is over Boyd will do something foolish for Ava. You know, maybe maybe there's like some forgiveness there as well. Um, so I I buy it. I I, think I mean he's he's kind of already done it, right? Because he knew that she was a rat, and he right. knew that whatever he knew that she had yeah, done exactly. it dirty, and he kind of stuck his neck out uh, and put himself in a position where, where he was the person shot. who shot yeah. him in the chest and kept him from getting ten million dollars was the same person he never should have let off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I buy some of that. I guess I guess I just the Sam Elliott that we've seen throughout this season and and the. Avery Markham uh, vis-a-vis Sam Elliott has been so cold-blooded and so calculating uh, that I guess I just never, I never felt like it was a true blind spot with Catherine Hale. She always felt more like a means to an end to me. And maybe I'm accusing this season of 
having a little bit of a failing in that regard. Uh, or, but we have a couple episodes left, so maybe I'm not wrong about that. Uh, maybe that seed of doubt that I've got in me um, has validity to it. But she just always felt more like a means to an end, and he always felt like I mean, it felt like he was kind of kind of trotting her out there as sort of his his validity and like the whole political thing at the portal and her Kentucky connections and everything. I don't know. That always felt it, it just always felt like there was a there was an, a hint of menace uh, between their in their relationship. And I I kind of think he suspected that she might have been the rat. and She suspected that he might have been the rat. So I guess I never felt like their relationship was fully formed uh, other than them kind of being there out of convenience and really kind of sniffing the other one out. And so I've never seen them with, as with Boyd and Ava, uh, where I think there was a really true deep bond there. Um, their bond has always seemed more like a, you know, bond between criminals, uh, and not an actual bond between people. And so, yeah, like, I don't know, I like, just, uh, like, uh, like a Royal wedding, like an arranged thing. It, it feels more like that to me. Uh, and, and I mean, that's talked about on this episode with Boone and, and, uh, with, with a Loretta, in the car, like back in the day, have yeah, you ever yeah. seen History Channel? The marriages were made for convenience. Alliances were formed. Yeah. Uh, Boone is obviously a big Game of Thrones fan, uh-huh. so yeah, of course. Um, and and so I mean, I I did think that there was a large aspect of that to their relationship. I just haven't seen that he's a sucker for her like that. Uh, but maybe that's all playing out in the course of these last few episodes, uh, and I just have not shifted my view on it. Yeah. So so two things I'll say to that that hopefully uh, will. Uh, if not completely turn your your opinion, at least something that you could think about is one. She's you know put it out there that Avery Markham is fantastic in the sack. That's true. So that's true. So they're at least having great sex. That's one. Uh, and then the other thing is Avery Markham gave away ten million dollars to save her life. Yeah, that's, I mean, if that if that's the money, I mean, that's, that's true. If that's the money, yeah. but let's take it as the money for now. Yeah, you know, we there's there's right now there's no reason not to accept it as the money. Uh, it's the money. He gave away $10 million to save her life. That's not something you do for someone who's just a political convenience. No, that's, that's absolutely true. If you accept that as true, then that's absolutely true. So I, I, I buy it. I, I think it's fine. All right. All right. We'll uh, just have to see. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm planting my flag, but I still have seeds of doubt. So I, I think there could be a twist coming. That's all, that's all I'll say. Okay. Um, so let's go to the RV. Uh, <coughs> My, Mikey loves classical music. Wynn never knew. He would have known if he had let Mikey pick the music once in a while. And on top of that, Mikey doesn't want to be called Mikey anymore. Yeah, we haven't talked about this enough on this podcast, but I've seen it in other areas and corners of the internet. Um, you said that you thought that uh, that Wynn was was carrying a torch for Catherine Hale. I know uh, that he was obsessed with her, but I think a lot of people believe that that Wynn and Mikey have always had uh, a lovers' connection. Uh, is that something that you feel like is there? If you want to read that into it, uh, I think if you want to read into into it that those two had a thing, I don't think that there's anything that disputes it i'm trying to think is there like a like an actual definite 1000 percent love interest for when duffy at any point no um and i don't think so like i don't i don't i don't really think that he makes it doesn't make a lot of sexual comments one way or the other um so i i mean it's ambiguous enough that if that's your read i think that you could read into it and certainly with uh we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but with the mikey death scene um, that comes along later. Uh, you know, obviously Wynn is very upset. Obviously Mikey has like that thing where like, uh, your kid is trapped under a piano and you lift the piano to save your kid. Like that surge of strength that you that you allegedly get, uh, in like those crazy, like mom saves kid from falling 
10 ton brick of nonsense. I mean, I read about that in the newspaper the other day. I don't know about it. Uh, but, but like he, he has like this incredible like feat of strength when he just like is withstanding all of these bullets to primary organs, like vital organs. And then he just throat punches her in like the middle of all of this. And it's a one and done. He choo-choos her basically. He does. And, and you know, it's one shout tap, out to DDR yeah, one tap and she's out. And you know, he's like cradle, uh, you know, he's, he's like sobbing and he's, you know, obviously he's, he's gone out of his way to really do one last incredible thing. And Wynn is clearly upset as well. Um, I, I didn't read that as a romantic thing. I guess you could, if you, if you wanted to, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I would, uh, listen, I would ship, uh, Wikey or, or do we want to call it men? Uh, <laughs> I like men. I yeah, don't know. If you want to call it men, M Y N N, I think that's fine. Uh, I would ship that. That sounds great to me, but, but I think the thing that would stop me from it, unless it was kind of one sided or kind of purely sexual is, you know, when recovers fairly quickly, you know, from the emotional aspect of it, you know, it's not long before he calls 911 and he's not in tears or anything. You know, he choked back a few sobs, but he basically calls 911 and says, uh, you know, the, the lady on the other end says, what's your emergency? He says, where do I begin? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like, I guess shock could be setting in. Luckily, I've never been in this situation where my lover has died in my arms after a crazy gun battle. I hope that never happens, although I would take Emily Fox's odds in that situation. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would like as to- long as it's a battle. Yeah. I mean, I would hate to find out that it was one sided. No. But I mean, if you f- if you have lived your life in a situation where your wife is in a gun battle and you're in the room. It's some pretty cool shit going yeah, on in like, your life, at least. Yeah, it's it's things are interesting, at least. Yeah, at um, least they're interesting in the Wiggler Fox house. Yeah, but I, I'd at least like to think that like I would be like hysterical, like inconsolable. Uh, yes, and and when you know maybe he's shell shocked, but he's you know very quick to just get on the phone. Well, of all the people that he, we've seen die in front of Win, this is the only one he's ever been emotional over. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's and true. and that, I mean, any emotion at all. Yeah, maybe that's a barometer for uh, uh, <laughs> like how much he cared. Like this is the yeah. most emotion we've ever seen from him, other than like which he repeats here, but just his constant Jesus Christ. <laughs> you yes, know? you know that's like the other side of the emotion that we get out of him. But no, I hadn't really thought about that. I guess it's there if you want to read it, though. Well, I, I mean, I, I, this scene that we're talking about right here where they're talking about, you never let me control the radio. Do you want me to drive? Like I know when sort of bargaining and trying to get out of the situation, but it's almost sort of a lover spat. Like it really is. And it's sort of the the, the kind of thing couples fight about. And I mean, look, Mikey lives in the Winnebago with Win. Yeah. No, like that's not that big of a Winnebago. Like there's probably a a place for three or four people to sleep uh, separately, but it's funny uh, that only now I'm my thinking Winnebago win the Winnebago yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you, yeah. First time. You're, you're you're behind the curve yeah, on yeah. that one my yeah. friend yeah um I've been calling it the douche mobile for <laughs> yeah years. I know I know but uh no I, I I think that it's there but I I'm I am proud of this show I think for for letting it be there or not be there uh kind of on its own on its own merits and volition and not really just going full on one way or the other I like that for example if that's what the story is I like that Win Duffy is a guy that you can't pin down. It's not like he he likes women's tennis, but he likes surfing. He likes tanning, but you know he's a criminal. Like he likes all of these things that if you wanted to put into stereotypical boxes, they don't always match up. Yeah, uh, and I really like that about the show. If if that's the, he's a the complex kind of, guy, sweetheart. Yeah, he's not just a stereotype. So this is not a relationship that you can easily pin down. And look, if um. 
if there is some of that going on, if they really did have a, a amorous relationship, uh, then it makes the violation uh, that Mikey has felt uh, by Wynn um, all that much greater. Right. Uh, and it makes you really understand that it's not just about a code. Uh, and Mikey sort of says, like, you're the only thing I ever had that was like family. Uh, and that sort of uh, that sort of stands on its own as being like, you know, you really violated me personally yeah. uh, with with selling yourself out as a mole like this. Like, it really hurt me. It wasn't just that I have a code. It's that I it, it really screwed up my whole worldview. Uh, um, so even if it's just that, I, I think this relationship between the two of them is awesome, uh, and I hate, I hate that I that I that I that I scored in the death draft. I know, I know, I know. Well, you you've uh, double tapped tonight. Did I double tap? Yeah, tonight? I believe you had Carl, didn't you? I think I did. Yeah, you double tapped. <laughs> uh, I don't mind that I that I tapped on Carl. That yeah. was a pretty great scene. Yeah, but was, well, well, we'll get there. We'll get we'll get there. Let's just let's keep going. Yeah, here. just the the one last thing I would say about the Mikey Win thing is, I guess, just I hadn't considered that. I'll just tell you what my interpretation is. Is um, I you know I think that you get really close with your colleagues very often. You know, a lot of people's lives are spent working uh, more than anything else. You know, a lot of people work more than they see their family. And I, I know it. And yeah, of course. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, when Duffy's whole world is working and if when Duffy's whole world is working, then Mikey's whole world is working and they don't have much time for a social life outside of things. And I kind of like, it's like the work spouse situation, you know, like who's your, who's your work, your work wife or husband, you know, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, kind of like how you are my work spouse. I was just going to say, Josh, if, if this happened to you, I would be devastated. um, Are you kidding me? I would seek vengeance. Like Mike Bloom wouldn't know it's coming because I'm assuming Mike Bloom is the guy. (laughs) Uh, Like I would just throw my young Turk. Yeah. Yeah, I would throw Mike Bloom down a mine shaft so fast if he ever did anything to you. I would give him the the choo choo throat punch in a heartbeat. It would be, I like it'd be it. lights out, Knock him right off the tracks. Yeah, right off the tracks. But you know, like it's it's that I like that's my read on it. Is like it's like the really super close work relationship that um you know you develop. You know when you're when you're in you know hopefully you know it doesn't happen for everybody in a work environment, but there's a lot of work environments. Um, certainly some that I've been in where like I've been like very very close with my colleagues, and it it feels like you're in the foxhole together and everything everything like that. You almost don't know too much of anything outside of your work situation. And I think it's an extreme version of that here in the Winnebago where Mikey really everything he does is for and with win uh, that I feel like it's a lot of, you know, my, my personal read on it was that it's like, I've been doing all of this, you know, like I've been, I've been going out of my way. I've shot people for you. I've done all this stuff. And like, this is what it turns out to be. It turns out that I'm, you know, working for a guy who has no ethics. I thought you were better than that. So that, that was my read. Yeah. But the, the more I think about it, the more I'm, I, I prefer the men thing. I mean, I think that's kind of great. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I think it works either way. Yeah. I think it works your way. I think it works the the, the other way, that speculation way. Uh, it just works. This is it's just yeah, it's so good. well done. It's really good. All right, so we'll get we'll get into that more later, or maybe we just talked it all through. But either way, I at least want to eulogize Catherine Hale later, um, my lady. Anyway, so let's talk about Loretta. So this is the scene you didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't not like it like I didn't I didn't hate it, um, but it's just more of the same from Boone. It's just more like, oh, Boone is continuing to menace uh, Loretta. Uh, I did like that he was proposing a little bit of an alliance here uh, because the the deal is that um, 
I don't know if he's freelancing. Like, I don't know if he is kind of going around Markham or if this is what he's been instructed uh, to do. So I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't hate it, uh, but I just felt like, okay, as far as the episode being paced and everything really driving forward, this felt like the same thing we've already seen. Boone comes in, menaces, menaces Loretta some more, and that's where we are. Not for nothing, Antonio, but for the best episode of Justified, you've got some complaints tonight. <laughs> maybe i maybe i walk that back like i said i only watched it the once watched it the once watched it the <laughs> once uh, i think i think that's fair i mean i really like the boon character a lot so i'm down for um you know kind of getting more more stuff with boon i, th- I think it's i think it's pretty good um you know any any scene with him and loretta i i will say like i wasn't worried for her this time around you know like it wasn't like um it wasn't like you know, that first scene where they meet, uh, where he just shows up and like, you really think that he could just like, you know, he is drawing and you think he could pull the trigger. Like I'm a little bit past that in this scene. I'm not worried for Loretta the way that I was the first time. Yeah. Like that kind of danger has been sucked out. Like even him just like popping up in the back of the car. Like I don't expect her to blow her head off. Seat buckle. Yeah. Seat buckle. You know, and I kind of feel like, um, you know, maybe, maybe the joke's on me then. Like, maybe my guard is down and I'm just going to get, you know, pummeled by some, you know, big emotional death uh, that's going to come out of nowhere. Uh, but I, uh, like, my guard was completely down in that case with this scene. I was not concerned at all. Me too. And, and, I, and I feel like, look, if, if it does, if the whole point was to serve to keep, uh, keep our guards down, then well done. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, Boone continues to be all hat and no cattle. All like, right. he continues to talk a big game. Uh, and he's not really, we've not seen him deliver. Now, he did kill uh, Loretta's like, aunt or whatever in the house. We didn't yeah. see it. Right. So, you know, we know it happened. But we're just, we're seeing Boone talk an awful lot uh, and not really deliver on the menace uh, of his words. Uh, so I think that that's, it's just more of the same in that regard. Uh-huh. And we see it again later in this episode. So it's like, Hey Boone, stop being all hat and no cattle and actually start delivering. It's a great hat though. It is. It, it I might mean, be the only uh, thing I like about him right now. It's an all seasons hat. Yeah, like it's a good one. Custom made. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, well, we have another Boone scene we can talk about here, uh, which is at the prison with Earl and Carl final ride for Carl tonight. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, this is, I think people thought like, is this the Earl and Carl story over? Like they just got arrested and that was it. Of course not. Like, right. They, they're in jail and they're immediately they're Yeah. They pretty big this season. I'm glad that they're still, you know, they're the writers are still, you know, getting some juice out of these guys. Yeah. They're big pieces to put in play because you put those two guys in a jail cell with what looked like big daddy. Cool. Kevin Nash. Was that uh, WWE's diesel there? I don't know. Don't ask me. I know nothing about sports or the wrestling. Oh, uh, well, I'm just going to make an observation that it wasn't Kevin Nash, but that guy really did look a lot like Kevin Nash. I know uh, who the ultimate warrior is. R.I.P. Ultimate Warrior. I know. Um, Was, so I guess I say. my my uncle used to joke that his name should be Walter the lawyer and his gimmick should just be this lawyer who was really angry and smashing the courtroom up. Walter the lawyer. The Walter the lawyer. Yep. Walter the lawyer, the ultimate warrior. Yeah, that's a, that's all. It's it's there. It's like definitely it. there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Carl and Earl, of course, they're going to be in play. I, I think it's a little interesting that it's Avery Markham who makes the first overture to them, uh, knowing that the marshals had arrested them. I, I'm surprised the marshals did not uh, anticipate exactly what would happen, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Avery shows up and is basically coming here to Earl and Carl and saying, hey, it's time for you to go kill Boyd Crowder for me. Uh, and if you don't do that, Carl, um, your brother will not survive. 
it's a pretty uh that's a pretty tough spot to be in yeah. for sure i mean i guess like the choice is fairly clear here yeah i mean you got to do what you got to do probably got to go do what you got to do but uh uh what do you think of boone's guns name jenny i'm i'm just a little weary of you're over boone i mean i look i understand they they were only able to get garrett dillahunt for half the season you miss garrett Uh, dillahunt i miss garrett dillahunt so i understand that boone is meant to fill the vacuum that garrett dillahunt created uh and i know that they needed something like that and i don't dislike the character i actually like the performance i like the kind of uh, the weirdness of it i i just there's a lot i like about it but i'm just not scared of this guy yet i don't i don't feel I mean, I just don't feel like there's anything going on here uh, that makes him really dangerous. And I think that I felt that with uh, with Ty Walker, because we saw those moments where he really snapped and had that anger in him. And we know we knew that he had some loyalty to his crew that sort of put him at odds a little bit with Avery Markham. Uh, And we knew that he was this real slick guy on the surface and real friendly, but that simmering beneath that surface was a whole lot of anger. Yeah. And with Boone, it's just like, okay, you're, you're, you're crazy. Like you're psychotic, uh, but you're, you're kind of dangerous in the way a serial killer is. Like when you walk into the room, like you're not scared of Robert Durst. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, he might be the most dangerous guy in the room, but he's not the guy that's making you terrified. And a guy who has to show you his gun all the time. I just, I'm not as scared of that guy as I am a guy who's not worried about that gun. That's the guy I'm really scared Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. That's interesting. So I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just not all the way on the Boone train, but I understand why he needs to be in the show. And I like the performance and I, I, you know, I like the character. I just don't know that there's that much to do with him because he takes it to 11, the first scene he ever shows up. Yeah. So it's sort of hard for him to walk that 11 back to like a, a four or a five and, and have any kind of gravitas to him. I really loved the diner scene last week. I got to say. Yeah, I mean that that but it's again that was we had that scene. So yeah. I don't know that we need too many more scenes like that to show that this is just a a crazy SOB who really exists to just menace people. Um I get that. So I I don't need to see him continuously doing it. Uh naming his gun Jenny, that's fine. It is what it is. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Jenny. We had this. I can't remember. And I really apologize because somebody tweeted or, or, or posted a feedback at post or posted a comment on our show page at postshowrecaps.com um, that instead of Raylan taking uh, taking Boone down, uh, what if Loretta ends up apple pieing him? Ah, I can't remember who said that to us. And I really vehemently apologize to you for not remembering that. Uh, I looked through all my Twitter mentions or right before the show here and I couldn't find it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that what, what, which would you prefer at this point? Boone goes down at the hands of Raylan or Boone gets apple pied by Loretta. Um, you know, the, the Boone gets apple pied by Loretta is the more unexpected one. Uh, but I feel like we've already seen her try to do that to somebody this season. So I feel like that trick has been played. Uh, well, no, she didn't try to do it. She did put it in play where she she offered some moonshine to Ty Walker. Yeah. Uh, and, and she wasn't necessarily trying to kill him, uh, but she introduced the idea that uh, I've got some apple pie moonshine here, right? Right, right. And then Markham takes a taste and or makes her take a taste and it's fine. Yeah, and it happened with Daryl. But it happened with did it happen with uh, with Daryl Crow? 
Uh, Daryl, did Daryl grow drink the, the moonshine? No, I don't think so. No. No. So I like that. It it came back in that, in that moment where Avery Markham was too smart. Uh, he was, he was, he had sniffed that out and he was ready to, to make her drink some of that first, but it reminded us that that was present and that she said, I got it from a dear friend. And that was sort of a call out to mags. And we've seen Loretta be the sort of proto mag. So I really do like the idea that uh, she could, she could apple pie Boone. Yeah. But it'd be so satisfying if Raylan just shot this dude's face off but i think that's what everybody wants right i mean i do want that we haven't gotten that in a long time like we haven't had like um like a real uh like gunslinging moment from Raylan givens in a long time like we've seen him in a shootout recently but it's not the same thing as this like i want i do want to have that high noon moment between these two Okay. Well, then, uh, then all of this is in, if all of this is in service of that and making him making us really relish when he bites it, then I guess it's all worth it. Okay. Uh, and then you know we don't need to dwell on this very much, but it you know Raylan and Tim they get to the mountain house and they're not there. Ava and Zachariah are on the move. They're going to call in a helicopter and they're going to go looking. You know they're not far and they're not moving fast. Just a lot of bird noises in that sound design. That's all I'm going to say. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I'll Nothing go, wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I'll, Just, uh, I'll go rewatch it, and then I won't wake up for several hours. Yeah, have some apple pie. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the marshal's office, Vasquez, uh, ADA uh, Napoleon, or AUSA Napoleon, is uh, really ripping into these people. Yeah, I love that he brings back season one, right? Like that he goes back to season one. We've seen so many back references to season one throughout this uh, throughout this season. And I think this is another really good and really valid one. Like all of these people, Tim, Rachel, Art, they have all even Vasquez in season one. They have all worked in service of Raylan and protecting him. And to what end? Like, look where protecting him has gotten us like it's it really is our fault as vasquez points out it's my career he looks at rachel and says it's your career like this is this is it like he's ruined it for all of us and i look i don't like vasquez and i don't think that we're necessarily meant to like vasquez but he's he's kind of right here right it's worth being suspicious about you know, like, you know, Vasquez doesn't know Raylan the way that the audience knows Raylan. And I mean, even Raylan's closest defenders on the Marshall squad have had their doubts about him along the way. Uh, you know, Art has been mad at Raylan. Tim has had issues. Yeah, look what he did with Nikki Augustine. Yeah, you know what you I know, mean? Like, I mean, this is not a guy who always plays by the rules. No, absolutely not. This is a guy who... Uh, You'd sleep with Ava. Yeah, more like guidelines. You know, it's like it's definitely like it's it's a loose interpretation. and he, he does what he believes is right. But what he believes is right is certainly not always, um, you know, what is right in the law. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Vasquez doesn't know him super well. Uh, he knows his history and he knows that he um, as he says, he was banging her in the past. He he's almost certainly banging her now. He banged her in the past and wrecked the case back then. And here we are now with history repeating itself. Um, he says this marshal we've defended on countless questionable shootings decides he's going to holster his piece and just wave goodbye as Ava drives away after she's shot Boyd. Uh, you can take umbrage with me all you want. Give me the look like you want to choke me. Eventually you got to come to grips with the reality. Your marshal and his girlfriend have stolen $10 million right out from under our noses. You know, he, it's a compelling argument. Obviously we know that's not true, but it's a compelling argument. And it's interesting to float this out there, 
here in this uh, you know final stretch of episodes. Only two episodes left of Justified after tonight, um, and to have that in the air of the Marshals, legitimately wondering like what what is Raylan up to? Is this possibly true? Uh, combined with the fact that Raylan ain't coming back to Lexington when he's asked to come back to Lexington, it makes it all look a little fishy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's not exactly wrong. His delivery could be a little better. He is wrong in terms of he he's got a little too focused on the banging. If you want my opinion, uh-huh, sure, he's a little too bang oriented. Um, and maybe he would be good at Brazzers or some internet company <laughs> that focuses on this. Okay. Like Vasquez could uh, could create his own website, but yeah, don't that, Google that by the way if you don't know what it is. Vaz- Just uh, Vasquez. Do not do not Google that if you don't know what it is. Uh, but uh, but you have some splaining to do, Antonio. Mazzotti. I heard about. I am from the internet, Josh. Uh-huh, sure. I heard about it on the internet. Uh-huh. Um, Reddit is a is a okay, is a place right. with many nooks and crannies, and there are lots of places you, places you can fall into at Reddit, and you don't even mean there. But you can, uh, you can still just walk away from this one. I lived in Miami for a year as okay. well. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, I, uh, I, I, there's actually a funny story about how, right. how I know what that is, okay. uh, but I won't tell it on the All podcast. Right. Um, at any rate, Vasquez is a little too focused on certain aspects of this, but he's not exactly wrong. And he sort of is, the, like you said, he's not the audience's perspective, but from his perspective, everything he's saying is totally valid. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's, he's kind of comes off like a jerk, but at the end of the day, I think that, uh, I think that a lot of people, including Rachel and, and art know that he's a little bit right about this because the next scene, right. Is art telling Raylan not to get to the chopper. Yeah, don't go to the chopper. Yeah, you don't get to the chopper. Don't get to Grab the my hand. <laughs> get out. You can't be here. Get, get out. out. Come on, do it. Do it now. Come back to Lexington now. You're going to play a little game called Who is My Daddy? And was his name Arlo? And what does he and what does Arlo do? <laughs> he hides in his Freddy hole, yeah, obviously. He does. He does. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, totally. Like he's, you know, Art calls up Raylan and says, like, you you know, you know the tone of my voice, so hear me now. If you know me so well, I'm sure you can understand when I say, let the goddamn chopper go and get your ass back to Lexington right now. And Raylan uh, hears that. And Raylan hears it, and he decides not to get in the chopper, and that sucks because he absolutely would have found Ava and Zachariah. Yeah, uh, they are very it. close by. The chopper flies right over their heads. So it would have been over very quickly here. Yeah. So what's what's, of course, interesting about that is is that the the sort of unspoken thing about this is that for all his faults and for all his flaws, pulling Raylan Givens in means that you don't ultimately get what you need to get. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you need to let him out there and do things his way. Uh, because if you don't, you're not going to end up with the things that you want. Uh, and I think that that's sort of been Raylan Givens throughout, right? He's sort of the lawman who does the things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Uh, and not in the sort of negative way, uh, that we've seen with so many, uh, extra judici- judicial things happening in the last year or two. Uh, but he, he's doing the kind of really dirty work that art has no problem with being done in most cases, Nikki Augustine notwithstanding. Um, but that he, that he doesn't really want to know about. He's fine. He knows what Raylan does out there and, and, Ray, and Rachel too. And they're fine letting him do it uh, because they ultimately at the end of the day know that it, it's a good way to ensure that it gets done. Yeah. All right. Let's get into, um, I mean, I was going to say the best scene of the night, but you know, there still is the RV, uh, but this is up there for sure is everything that happens at the hospital when uh, the guy who looks like Deputy Dewey from Scream takes Carl to see Boyd. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, and and that that just it, th- things escalate very quickly. Very though. quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, like with the, the, with the cop, you know, he, the cop calls. I, so his name is Nelson, right? The yeah, the, yeah. the crappy marshal. Yeah. Uh, so he calls Nelson away. Uh, the cop brings Carl in through the emergency exit, brings him into Boyd's room. He says, "Punch me in the face," so it looks legit. Carl just <laughs> knocks the crap out of him repeatedly with the butt of a gun. He puts the gun up to Boyd's head. Needs to know where the money is. Uh, Boyd doesn't know, and Boyd somehow is able to talk his way out of this, even though you know Carl's like, "I got to do this. I have no choice. He's got my brother." And Boyd. It's like, I will split the money with you. 10 million even down the middle. 5 million for you, Carl. That sounds awesome. And then we can split that. We can go get it. I care deeply about you and your brother. We will save your brother right now. Go get the key and let's do this. And Carl listens. And it's uh, it's going to cost him everything. Yeah, great job by Walton Goggins in this scene, right? Like with the gun to his head and the emotion that comes out. And I've cared very deeply about you and your brother. And I, I did so wrong. And I, you know, there were, we've, we've had a run of bad luck, but we're going to turn this around. At what point did you know that Carl was a dead man? Uh, pretty much there. You know, the moment, the moment that he doesn't kill him there. And like once Boyd is suiting up in the cop uniform, it's for sure. You know, for sure from that moment forward, it's like, oh, Carl doesn't get out of this scene alive. That's interesting because I did not. I mean, I was surprised. I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm crazy and I probably am, but I was just like, Boyd's going to need some help here. Like, this is not a one man operation. Like, he's going to need some people to help him. He can trust Carl in this in this way, and this is what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, he can. I mean, he can trust Carl in this way, but only if like the first. Uh, you know, the first action, you know, the first thing that they do is somehow save Earl. And, you know, uh, Boyd Crowder ain't got no time for that. Boyd Crowder has other things on the mind first. And, you know, going after Ava and the money first and foremost, because Earl is a time sensitive issue, is not going to play well with Carl. And so thinking it, thinking it through that way, I was just like, oh God. So there's no way that this guy walks out alive. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, it was crazy too, and especially like when he says like they're going to be too distracted with all the chaos. You're like, up oh, here we go. Yeah, well, that's that's when I knew yeah. that it was about to pop off yeah. for sure. But it was great. It was really great. It was also really funny when Nelson runs outside and he's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, he, he figures it out. I was glad we got that scene. He throws the coffee cup in the in the garbage can, and you s- just focus on the garbage can. Like I thought that was really well orchestrated. I I was I was pleased we got it from that point of view. Yeah, I like that a lot. But yeah, so here we go, Boyd on the run. And Boyd of Boyd on yeah, the run. Boyd on the run. Yeah, uh, this is Jailer the- Man. <laughs> Sorry, and Nelson Man. Um, yeah, this is the first time that Boyd is a fugitive outright since. Um, I'm shrugging my shoulders. Is this the first time? Is this the first time that Boyd is a straight up fugitive? I'm trying to think. I think it might be uh, because he other times he's been he's been arrested and he's been kind of involved with fugitives or he's been involved with people that they're looking for. So like the whole get drew kind of thing, he would, they, they knew what, what Boyd was up to. He shows up with picker and Raylan and to the, to the high school with the astronaut and all that. Um, and so Boyd was kind of a person of interest and obviously up to no good there, but I, he wasn't a fugitive. Right. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's taken this long for for Boyd to very specifically fall under martial purview like this. Yeah, this is it. You know, he is very much a fugitive. Time which to- I think which I think explains how, why Raylan is so thrilled. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of loving this, right? 
Yeah, this is like his ideal scenario. Like the guy that I've always wanted to get uh, is now somebody that I can actually get. Like this is actually going to work. Like all those times I've walked into his bar and just wanted to railroad him and and, and kind of rack him up for whatever crime. And, and I just couldn't because it wasn't really in my purview at the time. And all the bad things I know that he's done. Now he's a fugitive and he's directly on their radar. Yeah, he's mine. Yep, this is this is classic. This is perfect for for Boyd, unfortunately, or perfect for Raylan, unfortunately, not for Boyd. Yeah, so so Raylan is not going to go back to Lexington yet. He is going to go and you know continue doing what he's doing right here. Uh, we're going to find out from Boone. Boone is going to relay the news that Carl is dead to Avery, and Avery is going to say, "Well, we made a promise. Let's uh, let's take care of his little brother. Like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do what we're gonna do to the to the little one." Um, before we move on to that, just really quick. Any any eulogy for Carl? You scored on the death draft. This is your first hit of the night. I um, scored on the death draft. Uh, and on, I mean, scored on that. I mean, we had talked a, a lot uh, throughout this season about how is Carl somebody to watch in terms of someone who is going to turn on Boyd. That never came to fruition. You know, in in the end, he really did see himself as one of Boyd's soldiers. I was surprised by that. And that was ultimately his undoing, right? Like if he didn't trust Boyd in that moment, uh, then he probably would still be alive. Very likely. And so that I mean, I I appreciate that. Like, I like that there's there's that story to tell about the character. I always like it when sort of a a clear mistake by a character that is that is kind of a mistake of virtue. Right. Like this is a mistake of actually being too trusting uh, and being too like, you know, too on board with Boyd Crowder is it's ultimately what undid him. And I and I like that. Uh, I mean, I don't shed a tear because ultimately it was also about five million dollars. And these these brothers have always been about the the kind of the kind of money and quick easy kind of thing but he didn't sell boyd out in the jail cell uh and i think he could have and he, he kind of stood up to markham a little bit and honestly if they hadn't if markham hadn't had the plan of playing uh earl against a carl i don't know that carl would have would have backed down from that so I, I i appreciate that i mean i think that carl is ultimately a a good character not one that that sold boyd out the way i think some people expected might happen with all the sort of wayward glances as the the kind of tunnel in the mind things were going on and kind of all the things like that that's not where we ended up but but i appreciate that uh that he that he ultimately did meet his own demise because of decisions that he made i think that that there's some poetry in that same z's same z's you uh, you know what i really enjoyed is the scene at the prison with raylan just like having it up to hear with these uh, self-righteous, dirty cops in Harlan. I thought that was beautiful. I, yeah, and I, and I tried to articulate this at the beginning and probably didn't do as good of a job of it as I intended to do. But what I would say is that that's one of the things that made this episode really pop for me. Because I, so often, and we've been guilty of this, this is a Raylan-given show, and we just don't talk about Raylan as much as we talk about the other characters. And here, staring us right in the face, is a great, great Raylan scene. Uh-huh. Like, one of the better scenes for Raylan that we've seen in a very long time where he's not only kind of running these, these cops down, uh, but really just kind of, uh, just kind of like ripping them apart. And right before that, right. Didn't we get a great scene between Raylan and Tim as well? Yeah. Where, where Tim and Raylan are arguing, Tim won't really give Raylan the information he wants. Tim's jokingly asking Raylan, but kind of not. Can I have a cut of the 10 million? Yeah. 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 Like this is classic Tim and Raylan. We go right from that to like great Raylan uh, in the jail uh, and and just ripping that dirty cop. He's Raylan is so giddy this episode. He is so energized. And I don't know. 
if it's because he knows he screwed up with Ava or if it's because he just smells the end game that close or what. But I mean, this is a great Raylan episode. One of the best. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a really good scene. And just like the fact that he's able to disarm this guy with nothing more than logic, you know, I think is, is pretty good of just like, give me the guy, just like give this guy over to me. Yeah. I I know what you're about. Like there's no point in masquerading or hiding. Like you're about something different. Like I know exactly how this is playing out here. And I mean, I just, I love that. And I love the, the very specific ways that Raylan talks about seeing that play out. And Raylan Givens is a, is a shooter. You know, the, he's the kind of guy that draws on you when he doesn't agree with you. So for him to not do that with this cop, I thought that that was that he really, him disarming him with words, not your classic Raylan yeah. Givens kind of thing. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Him being like, you know, what irritates me the most is like when I call when I call these cops on how they're dirty and then they give me this look like how dare you insinuate that I'm a piece of shit with them you know I just thought that was yeah. that was really good and him being like you know I see you doing the math right now whether you can tolerate the insult uh, and he just he totally gets him uh, and it really is it's a great Tim Oliphant moment uh, great Raylan Givens moment very well written just very well yeah written. A really good moment for Earl as well Earl as you know this, he's kind of a bit of an idiot and like it takes him a while to realize wait did he say my brother's dead? Yep. You know, so um, <laughs> Ray would say, Earl, step away from the dirty cop and come to me. Nice <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, and, I, and I, I like that. I like all the way that all that played out. I mean, I like the fact that the cop who was dirty ultimately just kind of gave in and was like, I, I'm beat here because somebody did die. And if I don't, I don't want to get mixed up in that. Like I, I really don't want to get that mixed up in, in it, in it directly. Like I'd rather not have a U.S. Marshal in my office here drawing those connections. So I like how that all played out. It's just a great, I mean, great Raylan scene, fantastic Raylan scene. All right. How about a fantastic Win Duffy scene? How about the fantastic Win Duffy scene, the fantastic, uh, Mike Cosmetopoulos scene, the fantastic Catherine Hale scene, the ends for both of those characters. I mean, it, uh, let's talk about can can you make a list off the top of your head of like best single scenes in Justified history? Are you are you the Yolo beat down with Constable Bob and yeah, the really and the good. Drew the Drew Drew Baca kind of Drew Satania kind of scene? That was really good. Um, you know, in terms of action scenes or any scene, any scenes really like um, any scenes. You the know, spoil scene, the spoil scene. Um, Dewey Crow's final scene I think is really good. Dewey Crow's first scene in season five. Um, uh, I really, I love, uh, the Dickie Bennett stringing Raylan up as a pinata. I think that's is, a really good scene. It's sure. a tremendous one. There's, there's a bunch, there's a ton of really great scenes. Like I have a hard time calling many of these better than the others. Cause I think that the beauty of justified is it's just so consistently fantastic. And like, this is a tremendous, tremendously good scene. Um, but like, I, I think I would stop short of calling it the best scene in justified just because, I think it stands shoulder to shoulder with some of the best scenes. I think most scenes in Justified uh, could make an argument for being elite scenes. Yeah, I, the staging of this scene really almost sets itself apart for me. It's really great. It is. There aren't a ton of scenes that that really have sort of your nat sound. That was uh, the song playing when Catherine Hale walks in. We've got Canon D playing on the radio, and uh-huh. you know a lot of people use that as like my a wedding hates entrance that song. By the way. That's fair point. I mean, I think that some people hate it. Some people like love it. Uh, so well, a lot of people. A, she's a violinist, and like that, she just had to play it all the time in <laughs> orchestras, and she just despises it now. Well, I mean, it's a very it's popular, apparently a very song, boring right? song to play because it's just the same notes. Over and over. 
Yeah, I can imagine that it would be if you were playing it. That that would be a boring. But I mean, I love the way. Of course, I uh, I played that song as I proposed to her. Did you really? Yeah, because I'm an asshole. Well then, you you know you took a, you took a negative and turned it into a positive, right? Uh, she was like, "Turn that off." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, it, was oh. Very, it, was, it was no, it was a very funny moment. It was great. That's good. That's yeah, good. good. Well, I liked how they you know, when you see Catherine Hill, you don't see her face; you just see her legs. Like you see her with her dress on, kind of walking into the Winnebago. And like I said, because it's a wedding entrance song, it's like you see this this shape emerge before you see anyone's face, and you've got this song playing. And then it, I mean, it, the action is, it picks up very quickly while the song is still playing in the background. And I just, I mean, I love the way that this was staged. I don't know how many times Mikey got shot. A lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot. And a lot of Mikey's blood in that Winnebago. And it was very, I mean, it's just very intense with Win Duffy shouting and he gets under the table. And I, I mean, I just, I, I loved the way this played out. I liked how it played out before the guns came out. When Mikey was kind of you, the way it was, the way it was uh, just the way it was blocked, like with Catherine Hale standing here, Wynn is at the, the desk. He's, she's like, you're awfully, you know, clear headed for somebody who's about to get killed. Yeah. You see Mikey kind of looking at both of them and watching the action pick up. And then Catherine Hale does say, like, you protect your partner and you avenge them against people who do them wrong. Right. And Mikey's hearing all that. And I'm like, he really is going to pick right up on that. Like, that's going to sink right in with him. And then he says it like you just said this. I'm going to have to kill you if you kill him. Like, this is the way this is going to play out. And then business picks up. Yeah. She just immediately shoots him in the chest. She shoots it when through Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. And what she doesn't count on is um, Mike Cosmetopoulos is jacked out of his mind. He's a BMF. He is a BMF. And he listen, like I said, he has that moment of like the the 10 ton pounds of nonsense is going to uh, drop on, you know, his his child's head. And he's going to have that surge of energy and he's going to save the day. Yeah. And and kind of sadly, like lean over the 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 table and drop the key into Wynn's hands and then say, you know, hold me as he's dying. Like, yeah, I like don't, he's I got don't. time to spare, too. You know, like, yeah. he, like he he like withstands at least like five, six shots to vital organs, yeah. uh, has enough time to to punch Catherine Hale in the throat, choo choo her to the throat, kill her, get the key to the handcuffs give it to win and then have time to die in wins, you know, handcuff free arms, uh, yeah. enough time to have final words. Uh, that's a pretty badass way to go. Yeah. Great shot of Catherine Hale, kind of her dead face as she lays on as, as lands on that chair or whatever. And Wynn kind of making eye contact there and seeing it like I just, this, this scene is so rewatchable and such a, such a well orchestrated scene. I did not get to see who directed this. I don't know if it was, it was a uh, Arkin or one of the justified regulars, but this is, this is a very, very well directed episode. Who in directed my mind. this episode? Uh, it was uh, John Avnet is the name of the director. Well, John Evnett knocked it out of the park yeah. like this. In my opinion, this was uh, this was as good as it gets from from kind of the way that you would stage a scene like this. And, you know, the Winnebago is very small. It's not I mean, it's not like you're they're fighting in a phone booth, uh, but it's also not like a tempest. In, it's like a tempest in a teapot, like a lot of crazy things are happening in a very small space. 
I thought the way this scene was shot and orchestrated really took advantage of that space uh, in a way that made it confusing. Uh, there were shots of blood like dripping from the roof yeah, uh, and just like all sorts of things happening. Just a masterfully orchestrated scene. Like I, I was couldn't give uh, more effusive praise for the way this was this way. This all played out. And so while I really like scenes uh, and I think that from character standpoints, there are better scenes like the spoil, for example. Uh, I think the way this scene was orchestrated is among the best, if not the best. Best, um, that I've seen unjustified just from a from a merely uh, put together standpoint. I just thought it was fantastic. It was really good. It was really great. Uh, any final eulogies for Mikey and Catherine? No, I mean, I Mikey, your second score of the night. So you were officially ahead in the death draft. I just wish I'd pick Catherine. So I, could I know I'm surprised neither of us did. But um, but yeah, I the nine nine one one. What's your emergency? And when Duffy's saying, I'm not even sure where to start. Great cap, uh, great cap to that because it's like I just witnessed some crazy shit go yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what to tell you. Like uh, someone got death punched in the throat. <laughs> uh, someone got shot multiple by times who and died in my arms. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a captive, and I, there are people <laughs> who want me dead. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trapped in my own Winnebago. Yeah, like I don't know where to even go with that. But um, but yeah, uh, it's it's, uh, there's a lot that could go on there. Um, you know, we talked about this. We, we reset it already. And no matter the lens you view the Mikey and Wynn relationship through, I think that there's that, that there was just a lot of, uh, a lot of beauty in the way that, uh, that Mikey's last, last breaths were taken there. I just thought that that was, um, very personal, uh, and, and very, uh, a connection that was made when was very, it was like, of course I'll hold you. Like when was very unwin in that moment. Uh, he definitely showed, uh, some very clear emotion and was screaming for Mikey the whole time. I was very worried about him. Uh, I just, I love the way that that really played out. And, uh, I'm glad we got Mikey as a bigger character, uh, throughout the course of this last couple seasons, especially, uh, this last season. I'm really glad we got more of Mikey because I don't think this scene means as much if we hadn't invested as much in mikey as we had yeah i agree uh i i think that they did a really good job with mikey this season he was very funny um you know uh i maybe initially i was a little perplexed at why they were doing so much with mikey this season but i think it had a great payoff i think that they did a really good job with him and you know not to not speak of uh the late great Catherine hill uh who i know was not in everybody's good graces but uh, Lord have mercy. I loved her. I did. Yeah, that was, that's your girl. That man. was my girl. Ew. I loved her. I loved her. I mean, great way to go. Great justified death. Very happy with that. And I'm really excited about how that's going to fuel things with Avery further. Like, is that going to get Avery to take Raywin's advice that we're about to get into? Or is it just going to like fuel him to go even harder, uh, at all the people that he wants to rip to, to shreds? Um, so I'm very interested to see, um, what the fallout of that is. And I expect it'll be closer to the ripping to shreds thing, considering that the next episode, the penultimate episode of Justified is called Collateral. Oh, uh, you would like to think that that is going to mean something very bad for somebody, uh, you know, in, in Avery's uh, warpath. So uh, pretty good stuff. And I, I really enjoyed everything that Mary Steenbergen brought to this character. I enjoyed having her on Justified. I thought that she did great things with the dialogue that the amazing writers of this show uh, tend to pen. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy with everything. Catherine Hale. Uh, I, I salute you, Catherine, uh, have a, have a great, uh, time at the jewelry store in the sky, steal some nice stuff. It's on the house. Uh, and yeah, adios. Adieu. Sweet princess. <laughs> May a flock of angels carry thee to thy rest. Indeed. All right, let's go to Pete's portal.
Oh, you mean, can we actually go? I would like to. Uh, I'm telling you, if we ever get to Kentucky instead of uh, other states or countries that we've been in uh, together, um, we can go to the actual pizza portal. It's a couple hours drive from my house, but it would be a drive well spent, I have a feeling. Sounds like a good time. I would do yep. that eventually. Um, yep. Let's, uh, well, I mean, what, what much is there to say? You don't want to talk about Boone too much. You're done no, with Boone. You're over No, Boone. I mean, I again, I just, Markham was really affected by finding out that Catherine Hale was dead. Um, and um, my question is, what was Raylan's purpose in coming in and telling him that? He's um, lighting a fuse. I mean, he lit a fuse for sure yeah. by coming in and doing that. I understand he had Earl at the gates and he had Earl at the door. And so it makes sense to kind of put the squeeze on Earl by going up to the pizza portal and having him sit right out front there. But I don't otherwise know what Raylan's purpose for going into that room was. Yeah, I think that that's a big part of it. I think that it is to put the squeeze on Earl and maybe just maybe, you know, provoke uh, Avery into doing something stupid. You know, or provoke Boone into doing something stupid. But I think I don't get the sense that he goes there to inform him about Catherine Hale, because uh, he does seem genuinely surprised that Avery hasn't heard the Catherine Hale news quite yet. Yeah, I mean, and I, I do. I do agree. I just don't know. Um, I just don't know exactly why, um, why that that he went into that room. And I'd have to, to watch it again. If, or if you guys who are listening have any better grasp on why Raylan was inside uh, the pizza portal, because I think you could accomplish the same thing with Earl by just rolling up there. Uh, did Earl really think that, that Raylan was going to sell him out to Avery Markham? Is that what he was afraid of? So Raylan had to go inside to make that believable? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so if you guys have a better idea of why Raylan was actually there, um, let us know. But I, I did wonder, like, yeah, I agree with you that that he seemed kind of surprised that he hadn't heard. But I almost wonder, was that like the feigned shock? Like, oh, you haven't heard. Oh, OK. Right. You know, like I, I, I couldn't tell exactly where that line was. So if Raylan is trying to set Markham in one direction, what what's the end game there? Like, who what does he think Markham's going to do if he is out of control? I mean, who will Markham be upset? He's going to be upset with Duffy, right? He's going to be upset with Duffy. Uh, you know, but Duffy's going to be in custody. I mean, I would imagine, or he, at least he, for he now. would be upset with Duffy. I mean, would he would he be upset with? Would it just make him angrier about the Boyd thing? Will it just really set him off to you know pull all of his resources into this thing? Um, and does that help Raylan find Ava or Boyd? I don't know. I I mean, I guess I just don't think that um, Raylan is necessarily using this as a play. I don't think so either. I you just know, can't I don't, figure I don't out necessarily think that was. he's trying to light any kind of fire here. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Anyway. He does, but I don't know that he was trying right. to. Right. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, you know, that's sad. And, you know, uh, Sam Elliott does a good job of, like, having some emotion here, but not an overwhelming amount. Certainly, he's not going to break down crying in front of... Um, Boone. Yeah. Or Raylan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I just got a text message from my wife and she says, God damn it. Now I have cannon stuck in my head. Uh, so she must be <laughs> listening to me through the door <laughs> relating the cannon story. Sorry, honey. Can you play it really loudly? No, no, no. I'll get in big trouble. I'll get in big trouble. Um, all right. Well, better, better, uh, better the song cannon than an actual, yeah, cannon. Than an actual cannon. Well, I might get blown away with an actual cannon. If I keep mentioning Oh no, cannon. no, no, no. We can't say it again. No, I can't say it again. It's like, we, it's the new upstate New York is cannon. Say that you were saying cannon and we were, you were doing a legend of Zelda <laughs> podcast. Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you heard. We were talking about final fantasy yeah, and, and the legend of Zelda. Then we know? started talking about Zelda and how much you hate Ganon. Yeah. And I know you hate Ganon. Yeah, so doesn't hate Ganon. That, I mean, that he's a horrible theme? guy. Yeah. yeah he's like, 
like a pig face. Yeah. Like he shows up as Ganondorf yeah. sometimes. I don't Stupid understand Ganondorf. this guy. Who is um, this guy? I really hate that they called him Ganondorf. Like, why? What's the <laughs> dwarf for? Just go with Ganon. Yeah, the more German you make somebody, the more menacing I you make guess. them. I've I, seen this mo- in movie from from like time immemorial. Sure, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but um, I guess what I would say is like, uh, I guess you know, you don't you don't want the you don't want an actual cannon, and if you're Earl, you don't want uh you don't want the actual pizza portal or a death threat, do you? No, but you know, Raylan is basically leaning on him here and saying like, listen, uh. I know you don't seem very comfortable here. You're in front of the place of the people who have basically been responsible for killing your brother and you're nervous and all of this stuff, but kind of don't have a choice. Yeah, kind of don't have a choice. Kind of going to need you to take the stand and testify against this guy. So I think that Earl's going to come around. Well, and, and in the meantime, he gives him a really rock solid tip. Yeah, what does he say? He says, like, uh, I, heard, I heard him talking about two things. What does he say? Like, pig shit trucks and groups yeah yeah well what's the pig shit trucks is that um is that a limehouse thing or is that all connected to groups uh i don't know i think that might be a limehouse thing because uh-huh. yeah. i kind of thought that like he was gonna put Raylan on on the limehouse path yeah it's possible but the groups thing i don't know did i got the sense that Raylan knew who groups was maybe um yeah yeah i would think so i mean the 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 end of the episode certainly he seems like he is very much on the hunt um so i would imagine that's because he knows who groups is yeah but on the other hand um they're not they're gone from from shea groups uh by the time that that would come to play i would imagine yeah i don't know i because the next scene we see of course we see ava and and zachariah at groups's house uh i don't know about you they leave the money outside i would not do that well who is there well, Groobs is, first of all, Groobs is there. Like, they don't know where Groobs is. They're knocking in the door. They don't hear Groobs. But it's a They're, gigantic thing of money that they are having a difficult time lugging around this forest. Hey, I mean, like, I, I who's agree. Gonna, unless, like, Choo Choo is still around, who's going to be around to, like, go and, you know, run away with that stat? I guess you're right. But Groobs, let's say Groobs is kind of just, like, chilling in the weeds, like, see, like uh, waiting to see who shows up at his place, right? And, like, making sure it's all clear before he comes in. And then he sees them leaving this giant bag of something outside and they break into his house. Wouldn't groups come out of the groups can make off with a cool mill at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, guess I mean, it's just, a, I, it just seems like a big, I, if I get $10 million in a bag, I don't care how heavy it is. It's not leaving my eyesight. Uh huh. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. That's probably a good call. But, uh, but you know, that's what do we know about eyesight. Groups certainly doesn't know anything about it. No. Cause he lacks eyeballs. Cause he does not have the eyeballs or life. Yeah, or life, or uh, or uh, a very nice smell about him. No, a terrible stench. Yeah, I like the the music score in here. By the way, it reminded me of this song. Um, I think it's called "The End" by The Doors. Uh, it's prominent in Apocalypse Now. Um, just the kind of like like guitar that's playing uh, as it's ambling throughout here sounded a lot like that song, but in a good way uh, because it reminded me of the song called "The End." And here we are near the end of the series, and it started playing there in that moment. And I thought that that was really impressive. So. Um, I mean, I was really I was really pleased with the way that played out. I just like the way that that all kind of came together. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And um, I I really like the end of this episode, you know, being, you know, Boyd following the trucker. You know, he's in the police car. I assume um, that he is following that guy just to jack him. I don't think that we knew who the trucker was. I think that he is just going to uh, 
just steal the dude's car most likely uh and you know probably take off the police uniform so boyd is really he's like in desperate fugitive mode at this point so that's yeah that was pretty cool and then um you know we've got this final scene between raylan and art and art is you know saying like uh you gotta honor your badge and and you know come come back in like you have to you know you have to do your job and your job is to listen to what the hell i have to say you have to come back to lexington and Raylan says, I'm not coming back until I get Boyd, Ava, or the money, or all three. Um, you know, and Raylan says, like, uh, you know, Art, I think Art gives him 48 hours, right? He says, I can give you 48 hours. Yeah, and then, um, I, then it's going to be me that's coming after Yeah, you. and he's, he says, um, uh, you know, who's, you know, who's going to come after me? Like, you're going to send all these people after me. And Art says, no, everyone's busy looking for Boyd. I'm going to be the one. It's going to be. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, that's cool. So I hope that comes to bear. You know, I, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, the final episode of this series maybe being some form of, uh, you know, ticking clock with Art really on Raylan's tail. Uh, and, you know, him on, on Raylan's trail while Raylan is on the Boyd and Ava path and Boyd is on Ava and, you know, all that good stuff. I feel like that's a good recipe for uh, disaster in the best of ways. For sure. And I mean, at least it, it seems like we could have some dovetailing with, uh, at the group's house, because that's where Boyd would certainly know to look. And now Raylan knows to look there. And I got to say, if Ava and Zachariah don't get out of there soon enough, we could have all everyone converging on Shea Groobs. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. But we have a couple episodes left, so it's not going to it's not going to all blow up right away. Right. Well, who knows? You know, we've got two episodes left. Uh, how we how we shake this out. You know, this could happen a few ways. All of the action could be resolved next week. And then the final episode is resolving the emotional action of the series. Yeah, that's the wire way. That's the wire way. That's the way that many shows do it. Um, or it could just be like a crazy balls to the walls finale, which is other shows have done that as well. Um, I'm content to just sit back and find out. I mean, this show has been so good this final season um, that I just I trust them to do whatever they want to do. Um, yeah. any, anything these guys want to do, I am totally on board for. I've, I've loved this final season. This is a great episode. I'm, I don't think that I'm going to co-sign the best episode of Justified that you that you brought up. Uh, but it's a terrific episode. It's a very, very good episode. It's Justified. It's always a terrific episode. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, this is among the best final seasons of television that I can remember. Yeah. Um, there, you know, your mileage may vary on other, on other se- series and how they stuck the landing. Um, right now, Justified is crushing it. So, um, this is a great episode. I thought it was a great episode because if it is the sort of episode, like in a lot of other series where you build to the finale, this kind of episode 11 or, or episode 10 on a 13 episode season or whatever is a chess pieces episode where, you know, you're moving all the characters into a position where something big can happen. Uh, that's not what this episode was like. Yeah. Some chess pieces did get moved around, but man, we had some very, very big things go down in the process. Uh, and we really had some, great character moments and some really key kind of things that set up other things, but also some really key things that kind of wrapped up other things. So I, I mean, I was just for, for a chess pieces episode in the context of the, the numbers uh, in terms of the number of episodes we're at, uh, I thought it was not a chess pieces episode by any stretch and a really, really excellent episode within an excellent season of justified. Anything else to talk about with this one or should we wrap it up? I think we should wrap it up. Uh, what else is going on in post show recaps, Antonio? What are you doing? 
we're wrapping up Better Call Saul's first season on Sunday night, uh, which or Monday night, apologies, uh, which we do live here at Post Show Recaps. If you're not watching that show, you need to watch that show. Uh, you need to watch Breaking Bad if you haven't seen it. I would recommend watching Breaking Bad first. Although I'm sort of coming around to the idea, Josh, that if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I think maybe you should start with Better Call Saul. Interesting. Yeah, because I think the arc's going to look a lot different uh, if you don't know where it ends up. So, I, I mean, I'd encourage you if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, it's not going to mean this. Some of the things aren't going to mean the same thing to you first time through. Uh, but you just just watch it for what it is. Watch Better Call Saul and enjoy it. Uh, you don't have to wait till you watch Breaking Bad. So uh, that is a great show. Rob Sestrinino and I are talking about that. What are you doing here at Post Show Recaps, Josh? Uh, well, Rob and I just wrapped up on The Walking Dead Season 5, which I think is the best season of the series so far uh i really loved the finale so we uh we are done with that we still have a feedback show to record so we are going to get to your feedback on the walking dead some point this week you're gonna get Uh, to my feedback yours specifically because i know you're a big walking dead fan i can't wait uh we also have um game of thrones is about to happen Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones is coming. So Terry Schwartz and I are going to be doing the Game of Thrones book club. Right now, Rob Sesternino and I are going to be doing daily Road to Westeros podcasts where we're just going to do really quick, like 10, 15 minute podcasts, sort of like what Rob and Nicole did on Rob has a podcast in the lead up to um, the voting for the podcast awards. So just really quick little podcast that we're going to do while we're going to take some of your questions and talk about Game of Thrones just as we start getting amped up for the new season to kick off. So I'm very excited about that. Um, on top of that, I have recorded something very fun with Mr. Mike Bloom um, that I don't want to, uh, I don't want to spoil for, for you guys. Cause uh, uh, I feel like the, the surprise, you know, you might get a little furious at the spoilers. So I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll just leave it there, but you will hear that podcast by the end of the week. It's a very fun one. And I think the longest podcast we've ever done on post show recap. So I uh, hope you have about like 12 hours set aside. Don't not, spoil it for me either. I, I can't wait to find out. It's what not it really. Is. It's not really that long, but it's a very long podcast. Um, so lots of cool stuff going on. And then uh, is it is it the evolution of recaps? Yes, is that what it is? Exactly. Uh, oh, and I think the coolest great. thing that we've got going on is the fact that we're not going to be podcasting about the strain season two. <laughs> God, you got to really dig that knife. I'm in, just like you? I'm trying. Stragoy, Stragoy. Yeah, just, just rip that. It's not easy it. to kill him. Just trying to really kill it. Oh my gosh, no, you would need a silly fat to do it. No, I, I mean a few people have already reached out upon hearing that we're not going to be doing the strain anymore, and some people have been disappointed. Uh, hopefully, you understand. I mean, I don't think that you would want uh, us to just have a show where you and I are either uh, ripping the show apart, Antonio, or pretending to like it. I mean, I don't have that in me, uh, and I think it's just probably cleaner to. We'll watch the premiere. We'll talk about the premiere of The Strain whenever it happens. Uh, listen, if it's fantastic and the spirit moves us, maybe we'll do more. But as of now, the plan is we won't be doing that weekly. Um, some people have asked, does that mean we're not going to be doing the leftovers weekly? Antonio, what's the answer to that? We're doing the leftovers. We're doing the leftovers. Antonio and yeah. I are going to podcast the leftovers because uh, that show really heated up in its final few episodes. So I think we are all in on the leftovers. We are pretty much out on the strain. We are all in on Justified right now. Um, Antonio, do we have a hashtag for this episode? Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're I I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? I want to. We, we got. Uh, what about Shay Gruber? Shay Gruber. Yeah. Uh, how do you even spell C H E Z Gruber? C H E Z Gruber. G R U B E R. I was going to say Team Men because that seems pretty easy. Team Men. How, how would you spell Men? M Y N N. Yeah. 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 All right. I'll go with Team Men. All right, or you so can do Shay Gruber. Yeah. If you want. Whichever you prefer. Just give us that hashtag. Go to go 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 to Twitter and tell us what you think about this. Episode. 
episode. Uh, Antonio is at AC Mazzaro with two Z's, one R. I am at Round Howard. Like you're like uh, Terrence Howard, but like rounder, Terrence, right? Like Terrence Howard, but rounder. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that. That's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> I like Terrence Howard. Yeah, I know you do. Was yeah. he in Hustle and Flow? He was indeed. I know I'm you're a big of, fan of that movie. I'm kind of like the Lucius Lion of the Justified. Movie. Oh, you're dropping. I'm kind of like the cookie. You're definitely my cookie. No, all right. no doubt about it. I uh, can be that. All right. So only two episodes left of Justified. Oh, I, it's so sad. Oh no, I don't. I'm not prepared for that. I don't. I, I don't know what accent you were doing. Oh, no, but no, I'm no. glad it stayed away from being too specific because it could get racist. <laughs> no, I'm not happy. Yeah, I'm not but happy. Let's, it's, let's, let's not do accents. Yeah, very very sad to see Justified go. But uh, man, I I love to watch it leave. Yep, there we go. That's yeah. perfect. All I right. can't say anything better than that. All right, we'll see you guys next week talking about the 12th, the penultimate season uh, episode of the final season of Justified. Uh, Antonio, I'll see you, um, see you in upstate New York in a few No, you will not. All see right, us. take I'll care, everybody. Bye, bye. Bye.